It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 Three one three eight one four five six seven, or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And it is the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, February fourteenth, two thousand thirteen. Thank you for joining us on the program tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is here. Hello, Dad. Jacob, great to be with you on Thursday night. Oh, as always. For the virtual Bible study. And looking forward to our discussion tonight. Looking forward to hearing from you at 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. And the chat window is open, as usual, to the right of your video window. Sign in and chat with other listeners there. Well, we're looking forward to um, a topic. I think it is a fresh topic. I don't think we've ever touched on it, for a, at least for a whole hour on the program. Maybe not ever, hardly at all. I think that's right, Jacob. I, I did a little bit of reviewing and I don't think that we've ever talked about our topic for tonight which is hypocrisy yeah uh, I'm sure that we have commented uh, uh, through the years about this problem various very, angles various though. degrees but we're going to try to spend a whole hour talking about hypocrisy I think it's an issue I, I'm, I'm not sure uh, this that it's going to be a topic that maybe people find particularly thrilling or exciting to talk about. You're saying it's not going to be high on the downloaded program. Well, I don't know, but what but what I think is that it is a problem that affects us all. Ah. Uh, I think every person who's, who's striving to live the Christian life has to deal with the uh, temptations associated with being a hypocrite. So don't turn it off if you're listening to us. Uh, stay tuned because this is a problem, and Jesus ad- addressed it fairly uh, extensively, and so Jesus felt like it was a problem, and well, actually didn't feel like it. He knew it was a problem. He, ex- he addressed it extensively, and so we'll talk about it tonight. And you know, maybe he, some... Jesus talked, as you said, Jesus talked a lot about it, and I would argue, although this is somewhat subjective analysis, I would argue that, that hypocrisy re- received uh, Jesus' greatest condemnation. And it was one of the biggest problems of the religious people of the world then, and uh, you could probably say the same about religious people today. And, uh, you know, it's, I think as we talk about it tonight, we'll see that it it, it uh, manifests itself in maybe some ways that we hadn't thought about. I was looking over your questions uh, today, and I thought, wow, you know, I, I don't know how you would tie that to hypocrisy, but it does tie in. And so we'll maybe see some manifestations, perhaps, in our lives that we want to weed out. Yeah, you know, it'd be possible for someone to say, well, I'm, I don't think I ever... Uh, am a hypocrite. Right. But then when we read all the various things that were, are identified in the Scripture as being hypocritical, yeah, you know, probably would say, I, I think it does cover me here and there and another place. All right, so stay tuned. Is all That's all we're saying is stay tuned because you want to you hear this uh, discussion tonight and you'll want to hear what our listeners have to say over the phone or over the chat room tonight and as well as on email. Earlier today you did, as I referenced, send out some e- uh, questions to our email update list and uh, some good questions we'll talk about tonight. What were those? Okay, to our update list, always reminding you, if you don't get it, write us, questions at collegeview.com. Put, add me to the list in the subject line and we will do it. And on Thursday about noon you'll get our update as to the, the topic yeah. and ask for your initial feedback we, yeah. we like to get early feedback that we can incorporate throughout the program and several yeah. have emailed us today and of course we're looking for more uh, feedback via email or in the chat room or by a phone call but uh, here's the questions we sent out number one what's the proper definition of hypocrisy you know i think that's a good place to start most any studies make sure we've got this thing properly identified okay. properly defined number two jesus himself condemned hypocrisy in many forms Comment or give Bible answers. I'm not going to read those just yet, Jacob. We're going to look at a number of ways. What we got there, eight different ways that Jesus identified hypocrisy. You had a little smiley face in one of those. Yeah, how did you how do that? did that smiley face get there? My I want wife, to know that. My wife asked me that. I said, what in the world is that? I said, I don't know. I think that was a mistake. I just don't know how he got there. Oh, but he in the te- in. He the wanted te- to get in on the In discussion. the text. There was a smiley face. so And he was jumping around in there. Yeah, it was, mo- it was a moving smiley that face. That was really incre- incredible, yeah. And then and then we're going to talk about 
some things that are not necessarily hypocrisy? And finally, what can we do to guard against hypocrisy? Okay. So those will be the questions we deal with. All right. Let us know your thoughts. 877-381-4567. We want to hear from you on the program tonight. All right. Let's start out with a definition of hypocrisy. And we've got some of our emailers helping us out on that. Jacob, I've got a definition. Many of our uh, listeners are familiar with Vine's Expository Dictionary of New Testament Words. And here's what Vine says for hypocrite. Primarily denote one who answers, then stage actor. It was common for Greek and Roman actors to speak in large masks with mechanical devices for augmenting the force of the voice. Hence, the word became used metaphorically of a dissimilar, a a hypocrite. So what I think this is actually true, that it comes from actors who wore a mask. Mm -hmm. Uh, In other words, they they were pretending to be something they weren't. They were giving a false face or a false front making pretense to be someone or something that they weren't actually really that thing. Oh, that's good. Well, you know, along those lines, Troy in Hendersonville, uh, Tennessee, sent in his uh, definition. He says, I always remember one definition I heard of a hypocrite, someone who's not himself on Sunday. That's I like that good. definition. That's sort Thank of tongue-in-cheek, but I like it. All yeah. right. And uh, Ramona is busy at work today, and she only had time to answer the first question, the definition of hypocrisy. She says, hypocrisy is the act of pretending to be righteous when you are not actually righteous. The hypocrite puts on a mask and pretends to be something he is not. Christians who pretend they have overcome all sin are hypocrites. Hypocrisy can be seen in the scribes and Pharisees in Matthew 6, 2, 6, 5, and 6, 16. Also, the hypocrites, hope shall perish from Job chapter 8, verse 13. Uh, She goes on, one who puts on a mask and feigns himself to be what he is not, a dissembler in religion. Our Lord severely rebuked the scribes and Pharisees for their hypocrisy, Matthew 6, 2, 6, 5, 6, 16, as she referenced, and then she references uh, that Job 8, 13 again. So All good. right. Very good. Very good. Uh, Chris in Atlanta sends the Merriam-Webster dictionary definition, a feigning, and we don't use that word feigning no, very much. We no. probably use the word fake. Yes. A, a faking to be what one is not or to believe what one does not especially the assumption of an appearance of virtue or religion. Mm-hmm. Notice the dictionary suggests that this is... In other words, I could pretend to be uh, a computer right. whiz. Oh, then I would say you're a hypocrite. Because I'm not really a computer whiz. Yeah. In other words, I could, be a, I could play the hypocrite by acting like I know a whole lot about computers when I right. really don't. Oh, right. And, and so... You know, technically, that would be... It would be a little hard for you to pull off, but maybe you could do it. <laughs> that would be acting like a hypocrite. Yeah. But notice the dictionary says that this is a term that especially applies in regards to virtue or religion. It's, sort of, it, it's, it's, it's so more, common. It's, it's, it's more... It's more uh, the word is used uh, effectively, uh, exclusively yes. in regards to religiously pretending to be something you're not. That's right. All right, let's see how they use the word over in uh, in Britain tonight. Uh, Chris in the U.K. says, Hypocrisy is a state of promoting or trying to enforce standards, attitudes, lifestyles, virtues, beliefs, principles, etc. that one does not actually hold and may even regularly violate. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, and I That's think what the he's hypocrite right. does. Yes. I think Chris is right when he says it's the idea of promoting, either by acting at myself or trying to force it on others. I'm promoting something that I'm not myself. Yeah, okay. Looks like they use the word the same over there. Yeah. Uh, and then Anthony in Columbia says, seems to me that basic hypocrisy occurs as soon as you do something that you have previously told other people not to do. That's a, a not a dictionary definition, just a common sense one. The word do in that sentence could be replaced with say or any other number of verbs. The classic example is a parent who tells his kids not to smoke, but he smokes three packs a day. One of my favorites, global warming adherents who drive Hummers or crisscross the world in massive jets. They tell other people that's bad, but they do it themselves. I suppose another form of hypocrisy is professing to believe in something while you don't actually demonstrate or live out that belief in your life. I think that's exactly right. And and I I do agree with Anthony there that he he has suggested that we do use that. You know, I said just a minute ago, it's, uh, it's almost exclusively used in religion, but I think he's right. I, he, he's corrected me here because we would use it about a politician, for instance, who is claiming something that he, claiming 
that others should do something that he himself does not do. And that's very common in politics, and we often complain about the hypocrisy of politics. Okay. Obviously, in our discussion tonight, we're going to be concentrating on religious hypocrisy, but it is, it is a, a, a characteristic or a flaw that can be manifested in many realms. 877-381-4567 is the number to call tonight to be a part of the program as we talk about hypocrisy. Um, I suppose listening to the virtual, no, it wouldn't be hypocrisy not to call in, but you ought to call in. We want to hear from you on the program. All right, very good. All right, so uh, we, I think we've got it defined. I think we understand. Uh, I, I don't think anybody misunderstood what, what hypocrisy. I don't think that we've cleared up a great mystery by offering those definitions. But I, it is a misused term. It's sometimes misused, but I think everybody's got a handle on yeah. what it means. If I said, you know, that guy's a big hypocrite. Uh, most people know. would know what I mean by that. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. You so, ask uh, as we go on, and we need to we need to go quickly here. You ask for some ways that Jesus condemned hypocrisy. Yeah. Now we listed uh, eight of them. Uh, let's just take them one at a time. Jesus said that it was a, a hypocritical thing to do one's religious deeds to be seen of men. One of our emailers, and I don't remember which one. And maybe it was Ramona, already mentioned Matthew 6. Yes, she did. The, the, it was Ramona. The, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus yeah. mentioned hypocrites several times there in Matthew 6, beginning verse 2. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say to you, they have their reward. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say to you, they have their reward. Mm-hmm. And skipping down to verse 16, Moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Uh-huh. Uh, and so Jesus said, if, if I'm doing what I'm doing religiously because I want people to see me, uh, sort of to praise me because of what great religious person I am, then that's hypocrisy. Now, how is that hypocrisy? Because just the fact that someone sees me do something doesn't make me a hypocrite. Why would that be hypocrisy? I think it's the motive that Jesus was describing. Ah, you look like you're very pious. They do it to be seen of men. In other words, if if, if I saw you do a kind deed for someone, but you, you, you didn't do it for the purpose of drawing attention to yourself. You didn't even know that somebody else would observe what you did, but but I did. I saw what you did. Right. And it was very praiseworthy. Awesome. That's not hypocrisy. So, so but if I, you did it because you wanted people to see you, and in fact you took measures to ensure that they would see you, uh, then that's hypocrisy. So if I just happen to stumble upon you reading your Bible one day, maybe, I can't just run up, oh, you're a hypocrite, because I saw you read right, your Bible. Right, right, But if you came to me and you sort of held the Bible out, like, look, I'm reading my Bible, then there would be hypocrisy. Exactly Your right. motives are wrong. Okay. Uh, Chris in Atlanta uh, noted that same I asked, you know, comment, give Bible verses where Jesus rebuked these things. Chris in Atlanta uh, observed that same passage. Uh, oh, Chris uh, in the U.K. has Chris some. in the U.K. has those same verses in Matthew 6, but he also mentions Isaiah 58, 5. Uh, and, he, and he says, the trumpeting of gift the prayer for an audience, the distressed look of a faster, as also seen in Isaiah, the over-the-top clothing and displays of memory verses on their person. So your post on Facebook or the annual Christmas letter about your piety is for that prayerful, is, is that for prayerful support or for look at me at what I'm doing. I think it's really, I think we really do have to be careful about trying to Get people to praise us because we have presented ourselves to be such a great religious person. We got to be careful about that. He goes on. He says, "I know it's a parable, but Luke eighteen ten through twelve, the parading in a prayer, no less, of how much better you are in what you do than others. Are your prayers for him or just for the congregation hearing?" All right. Thank you. And uh, yeah, and I also he he talks about these uh, these over the top clothing, the, the displays of religious leaders. Today. You know, many denominational leaders wear uh, garb to draw attention. To Even themselves. a crown. Yeah. Uh, what is this about? Is this to show how pie, how what a religion, what a great religious person I am? I, I don't know. I uh, mean, what, what's the purpose of that? Jesus. One of the things that we see Jesus condemning in the Pharisees of his day uh, 
he says in Matthew chapter 23, uh, all their works they, they do to be, this is Matthew 23 verse 5, all their works they do for to be seen of men, they make broad their phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments. Now, the, the phylacteries uh, were headbands mm-hmm. that were worn. That actually had roots in, in instructions given by Moses. Also, the borders on their garments. Moses had instructed them to make certain fringe on the borders of their garments that would be to them a visual reminder of their covenant relationship with God. This was for the Old Testament uh, Hebrews uh, or the Jews or Israelites. That's not for us, obviously, but it was for them. But remember, Jesus was dealing with people living under that law. So it wasn't wrong to have phylacteries and it wasn't wrong to have borders on your garment. But for impression's sake, and to make people imagine that they were especially religious, they would make broad those headbands. I understand that some of them would even make a headband with a little box on the front. And they could write scripture. The headbands would have scripture quotations written mm-hmm. on them. And, and so these who wanted to make a great show would actually have a headband with a box attached to it on their forehead where they could write out scriptures and stuff them in that box. Oh, boy, that guy, he's really religious. Because they wouldn't fit on the headband. He had yeah. a box to hold it. Yeah. Them. Yeah. Uh, so, again, that is, I mean, that is the idea of doing what you're doing for to be seen of men. All right. Well, let's take a break. Uh, and uh, when we get... Uh, oh, well, let me get, while we're on oh, it, well, let, okay. let me get Anthony's Oh, yes, quick, that's right. Uh, about doing your works to be seen of men as a hypocrite. He said, this is more hypocritical in the sense that it's empty or vain for the wrong reasons. One is making an outward show of piety, but inwardly they are anything but pious. Okay, thank you. All right, so that gets the first, but there are seven more ways Jesus said you can be a hypocrite. We're going to look at them. All right, well, let's take a break and get your thoughts on the other side. Uh, Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Now you can listen to a podcast of a recent sermon every week. Find out more at collegeview.com. There's more of the virtual Bible study right after these important messages. Do you remember when the pulpit was used for the purpose of convicting sinners and teaching them how to be saved? Are you tired of preachers who seem much more inclined to entertain their audience than to teach the truth? Does it seem the sermons you are hearing each week could have easily be given at a PTA meeting or a social club? Do you remember when sin was called sin and at the end of the sermon you knew by book, chapter, and verse what the preacher was talking about and why? The cause you church is still preaching the old Jerusalem gospel that you read about in your Bible. They invite you to investigate for yourself. Come and see. Visit the College View Church of Christ. Here's some quotes worth pondering. Our agreement was long and hot. I won in the end, and though I won, I really lost, for I have one less friend. There's too much importance put on the manner of delivery and not enough on the matter that's being delivered from our pulpits today. In eternal matters, only the word of God himself is conclusive. Therefore, you owe it to yourself to know the Bible. Man, wish I'd said that. A streaming Bible study. Why didn't I think of that? Now back to the guys. We're back on the program tonight, and we welcome you back at 877-381-4567. We're talking about hypocrisy. We noted earlier in the program that it's going to take maybe some manifestations and uh, uh, and approaches in our lives that we may not have thought about. Jesus exposes those. He exposed them for the religious people of his day, and it's perhaps a revelation for pe- religious people today. Different ways that uh, hypocrisy can express itself in our lives. We want to hear from you as we talk about it on the program tonight. I was trying to print off an email that came in from Patrick a little bit late, and Patrick is in the chat room tonight. Patrick uh, is the reason why you're out of breath right now. Yeah, I was running back from the printer. But here's what. He, he gave us a definition we didn't include a minute ago. He said, hypocrite originally in the Greek referred to a stage actor. Primarily, hip, Similarly, a hypocrite in modern English usage essentially means someone who pretends to be someone they are not. That uh, the way that Jesus uses the term seems to specifically refer to someone who portrays themselves to others as good, holy, or virtuous, when in fact they are quite the opposite. Uh, and then in regards to the first kind of hypocrisy we were talking about, uh, doing your religious deeds to be seen of men, he said, I think this is one of the most misunderstood aspects of Jesus' teaching on hypocrisy. Most people focus on Jesus' teaching in Matthew 6, which we talked about, which begins, beware of practicing your righteousness before men to be noticed by them. Otherwise, you have no reward of your Father who is in heaven. However, Jesus' teaching here must be interpreted in light of what he said earlier, Matthew 5, 14 through 16, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Mm-hmm. 
Thus, I would set forth the basic principle that it is not incumbent on Christians to keep every good work absolutely secret, because if that were the case, it would be impossible to live out Jesus' words about being light and salt. Jesus' subsequent teaching in chapter 6 is emphasizing the importance of one's internal disposition, the motivation for doing good works. Thus, a contrast is is drawn between good works done to glorify your Father in heaven and those done solely to receive praise from human beings. I think that's... Uh, thank you. Very, very good. Thank you, Patrick. There. Patrick. I do appreciate that. That does get into the idea of whether or not we can be seen, and if it's make you hypocrite automatically by default, then obviously it doesn't. So thank you, Patrick, uh, for that uh, good explanation. All right. Um, uh, so let's move on, Jacob, to the next kind of hypocrisy that Jesus uh, talked about, and that is applying God's laws to others but not to yourself. Yeah, yeah. And I think this is a passage that a lot of people will remember very plainly. This is the, the, the beam and the moat yeah. passage in Matthew 7. Matthew 7, beginning verse 3. Why beholdest thou the moat that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how will I say to thy brother, let me pull out the moat out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite. First cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the moat out of thy brother's eye. Now, you know, we've often commented about uh, Jesus, how Jesus could so graphically in words draw a picture that's easily envisioned. And this one is intended to be just ridiculously extreme. A moat... That's not a word that we would use very commonly. That's no. just that, but it's just a little speck. The idea of someone who has a speck in their eye. The beam is literally that, a beam, a huge board. Oh, okay. And so the picture here is of a person with a huge board sticking out of their eye, mm-hmm. trying to, while that board is still in their eye, he's trying to get a tiny speck out of someone else's eye. And yeah. so the, the point of it is that he's, in regards to religious practice, he's got big problems that he hasn't corrected and yet he's trying to make sure somebody else is towing the line, so to speak. All right. Yeah, Larry is behind the controls tonight, and uh, Larry mentioned that during our break, this idea of this being a, a form of hypocrisy. We're trying to get Larry to talk, and, and we haven't been successful yet. And Larry should know that we cut your pay in half if you just run the board and you oh, don't oh, talk. Oh, yeah, Larry. That, that, if that's, you want full pay tonight, you're going right. to have to make some comments. That's right. Um, and so uh, we have Chris in uh, Atlanta, and Chris references uh, 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 Matthew 23, verse 1. Matthew 23, uh, verse 1, uh, Jesus there uh, says to his disciples, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore whatsoever they bid you to observe, that observe and do. But do ye not after their works, for they say and do not. So Jesus is, is condemning the Pharisees. Yeah, and that pa- in that chapter, Matthew 23, he goes on to use the word hypocrite repeatedly yes. uh, in regards to those scribes and Pharisees. All right, and that is one way that they were a hypocrite. So thank you, Chris, for that. Uh, and Chris, in the U.K., uh, mentions the Matthew 7, 3 through 5 passage that I read earlier. Uh, he also mentions Romans 2, verses 1 through 3. And let me see if I can... Thou, the, Romans 2, beginning verse 1. Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, yeah. whosoever thou art that judgest, for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself, for that thou judgest, for thou that judgest doest the same things. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And thinkest thou this, O man, that thou that judgest them which do such things, and doeth the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God. All right, a similar thing in James 4. He mentions James 4, beginning verse 11. Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judgeth his brother speaketh evil of the law and judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. So uh, I think probably a similar thing. He also has mentioned Romans, Romans 14, 14, 4, 1 Corinthians 4, 5. Mm-hmm. Uh, judging, again, when only God has the position to do that, he says. Now, now, judging uh, in and of itself is not wrong. Yeah. We need to make that clarification. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going to think that Chris is probably on board with us uh, in regards to the judging question. But this is this is unrighteous judging. Right. Double this, standard kind of stuff. Yeah, and that that Matthew passage about the speck and the and the beam or the mm-hmm. boat and the beam that starts out with that famous verse Matthew seven verse verse one, judge not that you be not judged. But he was talking about that hypocritical. Judging mm-hmm. of, of, of judging someone else when I haven't addressed my own problems at all. Okay, 
All right. And, and then real quickly, let me uh, – well, you go ahead and go with Anthony. Anthony says, this gets more to your garden variety hypocrisy, something we are all very easily guilty of. It is very easy to expect others to follow rules, but it's harder to have the discipline to do it yourself. It's easy to see the faults in others. That's true. Uh, and uh, and as Anthony said, it's very uh, it's it's perhaps maybe one of the areas of hypocrisy that we're more likely to, to fall to. Maybe it's uh, easier with some of our family members. You know, we're we're awful hard on them when they think that they're discourteous to us, and we may do the same type of things to them. Or maybe we, we see areas of their life that need improvement, and we fail to look in our area our lives for areas of improvement. So it's uh, that is a true statement. Thank you, Anthony. All right, we need to move on quickly. Uh, some of the other forms of hypocrisy. So what, what do we cover? Jesus said there's, uh, here's two different ways, doing your religious deeds to be seen of men, mm-hmm. applying God's laws to others but not to yourself. Mm-hmm. Here's another way that you can be a hypocrite, and I ask you to come, ask everybody to comment about this one, elevating your own rules over God's laws. By the, by the way, that's the one that had the smiley face on it. Yeah. I didn't think that that was particularly humorous. I know. What's up with that? Do you think that's funny? But uh, Jesus said, no, it's not oh, no, funny. It's not. Jesus okay. said it was hypocritical to elevate your own rules over God's law. Right. Uh, the passage that I had in mind is Matthew 15, beginning verse 4. For God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and mother, and he that curseth father and mother, let him die the death. But ye say, Whosoever shall say to his father or mother, It is a gift. By whatsoever thou mayest be profited by me, and honor not his father or his mother, he shall be free. Thus ye have made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition. You hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, This people draweth nigh to me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Uh Now, what was going on there? Under the law of Moses, a child had obligations to their elderly parents to care for them. Mm -hmm. To get around that, they had established a, a flawed tradition in which they said, I'm going to devote everything I have to God. Now, that didn't mean that they gave it up. It was still in their possession. It was just sort of on paper, huh? Yeah, they, they said, I'm going to give it to God. Uh-huh. Well, they, I can't give it to my parents now because I already devoted it to God's service. Now, that was a tradition. God hadn't told no, them. No, that's use. right. That was, that was okay. purely their man-made tradition, okay. and Jesus was condemning them because they had elevated that tradition above the law which said you're supposed to honor your father and your mother. Uh-huh. So they'd taken their own rule, their own tradition, and they had made it higher than the law of God. Again, wanting to look like they were super religious. Exactly. But in effect, they were not religious at all because they were not listening to what God had said. Exactly. All right. Uh, along those lines, Chris in Atlanta references Matthew 7, verse 21. Not everyone that saith to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. So again, that, would be, that, that practice would be condemned by Matthew 7, verse 21. Chris in the U.K. references Matthew 15, 7 through 9, where he says Jesus quotes Isaiah 29, verse 13, having human, having human rules learned by rote taking precedence over the word. Like the meeting must include notices said right after the first hymn or it's not a, a meeting. Or any other petty opinion which doesn't touch the scripture with a nine-yard barge pole. We don't have nine-yard barge poles in the state, but I, but I think imagine. I know what he's yeah, talking there about. We go. There we go. All okay. right. Uh, and then Anthony says, this speaks to self-centeredness and vanity, lack of humility. I would agree. Okay. And and uh, Patrick in, in the Birmingham, Alabama area says he, he's got Matthew 15, 1 through 20, which is the same, same text that, that uh, I referenced. And same one uh, that, uh, that Chris did as well. He says did. there are multiple issues Jesus addresses here simultaneously. I'll address two of them briefly. Before Jews eat bread... They wash their hands up to the wrist. Obviously, there's nothing wrong with this in and of itself. Indeed, several acts of ritual purification are legitimately required, were legitimately required by the law of Moses. However, while some of the Jews meticulously observed such external rituals as hand washing before eating, their hearts were not right with God. Presumably, from the context of the passage, they were guilty of speaking evil things, a sin which does defile a person, unlike eating with unwashed hands. In other words, they were careful to wash their hands, but then uh, they would... Uh, say evil things. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, thus, while it may not exactly be the case of elevating one's own law above God's, it's a case of what Jesus spoke of in Matthew 23, beginning verse 23. Woe to you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint of, of dill and cumin. Uh, you, you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier provisions of law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. We're going to comment about that passage in a minute, but uh, I think, again, Patrick is on board with us about this 
type of hypocrisy. Thank you, Patrick, for your comments tonight. Patrick's in the chat room if you'd like to join in with him there or sign in. It's very easy to do. And I've learned something tonight. It's time for a break. I've learned something in, in the U.K. There are meetings that you, you sing a song and then you have the announcement. That's interesting. How do you know this? So as he says, the meeting must include notices said right after the first hymn is one of those opinions that someone might have. So they must sing a song and then have an announcement. I didn't know that. There you go. There you go. All right. We're talking about hypocrisy. We've got quite a bit more to cover because what we're seeing is there are several different nuances of how this word is used, different ways that you could be guilty of this this sin of hypocrisy. They're nuances, but they're not new. They've been around for a long time. We're talking about it on the program tonight. We want to hear your thoughts. We'll get your comments on the other side of the break. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Have you checked out all of the resources on collegeview.com lately? Check it out now while you listen to these important messages. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. B.C. Goodpasture was a preacher of a generation ago. He was not particularly well known for his conservative take on doctrinal issues. And in fact, under his leadership, some of the departures from the faith that are now evidenced in churches of Christ began to take place. And yet, almost 65 years ago, in fact, May 20th, 1948, in the Gospel Advocate, B.C. Goodpasture said this, quote, For the church to turn aside from its divine work to furnish amusement and recreation is to pervert its mission. It is to degrade its mission. Amusement and recreation should stem from the home rather than the church. The church, like Nehemiah, has a great work to do, and it should not come down on the plains of Ono to amuse and entertain. As the church turns its attention to amusement and recreation, it will be shorn of its power, as Samson was when his hair was cut. Only as the church becomes worldly, as it pillows its head on the lap of Delilah, will it want to turn from its wanted course to relatively unimportant matters. Imagine Paul selecting and training a group of brethren to compete in the Isthmian games. Of his work at Corinth, he said, quote, For I am determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Again, that's a quote from B.C. Goodpasture in the Gospel Advocate, May 20th, 1948. It's obvious that the things that Goodpasture warned about have fully come to pass. We see churches of Christ fully engaged in all manner of fun and games. The principal work of the church is to spread the gospel. The church is called the pillar and the ground of the truth in 1 Timothy 3, verse 15. Let us never attempt to divert the church from this work, the most important work in all the world, the proclamation of the saving gospel of Jesus Christ. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. I'm James Buchanan from Columbia, Tennessee, and I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Colossians 3:17. Now, back to the program. We're back on the program tonight, and we welcome you back. And we'll let you know this program is brought to you by the College of Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. We encourage you to find out more about us by visiting our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com, where you can find out more about our meeting times and locations, as well as the things that we believe and what we practice. We also encourage you, if you're in the Columbia, Tennessee area, to come and worship with us. We meet on Sunday mornings at 9.30, Sunday evenings at 6, and Wednesday evenings at 7. You'd be welcome at any of these services. If you're in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to come and worship with us. We're talking about hypocrisy on the program tonight, and Jesus tells us it presents itself in a lot of different ways in our lives, and we need to make sure that we're not guilty of any of these because Jesus has very stern condemnations for those who are guilty of hypocrisy. Yeah, we've got to move pretty quickly. We've got a lot of ground to cover here. We're all over half gone with the program. So hang with us and comment in the chat room or give us a call, send us an email. Here's another way Jesus said you could be a hypocrite, saying one thing but meaning something else. Yeah, what do you mean by that? Here's the verse I had in mind. Mm-hmm. Matthew 22, beginning verse 15. Then went the Pharisees and took counsel how they might entangle him in his talk. And they sent out to him their disciples with the Herodians, saying, Master, we know that thou art true, and teachest the way of God in truth. Neither carest thou for any man, for thou regardest not the person of men. Tell us, therefore, what thinkest thou? Is it lawful to give tribute to Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why tempt ye me, ye hypocrites? In other words, they were trying to, to, to ensnare Jesus, to trap him, so they could have something to accuse him about. But they... They flattered him. They falsely flattered him by saying, we know that you are true and you teach the way of God in truth and you don't care for the for any man. Oh, you're wonderful. No, we love you. Yeah, yeah, so it was false flattery of that nature. They, they said it, but they didn't mean it. And I think that that's a, a, a danger that some well-meaning Christians fall into. I, I mean, occasionally there are some Christians, you find Christians who are just, 
always extremely overly flattering everyone else. And I, I mean, it's good to give commendation when commendation is deserved, uh, but What's the it, needs to, it needs to be sincere and yeah. it needs to be genuine and it needs to be for the right reason. Right. And Jesus could see right through what those people were doing. And typically you can see right through the, the uh, a, a hypocritical flatterer. All right. Uh this this one sort of threw Chris in the UK for a, a, a loop. He says, uh, "Sorry, I must have missed this one." But you do have Jonah in Jonah four verses one and two, being the one who speaks the word with no intention of wanting people to believe it or put it into practice because he has to. Uh, then rails at God for being merciful and allowing them to repent. So that'd be one. You're, you're okay. preaching the word like you you guys really ought to do this, but you really don't mean it. That'd be hypocritical. Hypocritical. All right. Anthony says, this can really be a major character flaw. I'm a big believer in let your yay be yay and just saying what you mean. Don't beat around bush. Don't say something you don't really mean just to protect someone's feelings and so forth. I believe Jesus and Paul both taught Christians should be people of their word. Their reputation must be that they mean what they say, say what they mean, and follow through on their promises. That's why Anthony told me he hated my shirt yesterday because he didn't, he didn't want to beat around the bush. No, I'm just all right. All right. And uh, then we have uh, Patrick. He says uh, he references Matthew 5, 33 and 37. Uh, again, you've heard this, uh, that the ancients were told, you shall not make false vows, but fulfill your vows to the Lord. But I say to you, make no oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool of his feet, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Uh, nor shall you make an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair black or white. Let, but let your statement be yes, yes, and no, no, and anything beyond these is of evil. Okay? All right. That'd be that'd be good. Okay. So we got that one. The, in other words, it's a hypocrite. I think this is more the idea. When, when, uh, saying one thing but meaning something else maybe wasn't a very good way to define what we're talking about there. And I think some people had some problem with that. But it's more the idea of false flattery. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hypocritical. John in the chat room. Uh, John is in Edmond, Oklahoma. You can find him at scripturalway.org on Tuesday nights at 7.30, by the way. John says, I would think this form of hypocrisy could be the same as deception and even an attempt at manipulation. I, you know, John, I think is on to something there. I, I, I'm I, pretty suspicious sometimes that people with this false flattery are trying to, trying to, they got an agenda. They're trying to get something done. Yeah. So I think John's probably right okay. in that. All right. All right, quickly moving on. Yeah, you, we got a lot of questions. Uh, another better. form of Hypocrisy, according to Jesus, is failing to allow your religion to affect your daily life. Okay. Uh, here I'm thinking from Matthew 23 is a passage we, we referenced several times already. He said in Matthew 23, verse 14, Woe to you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayer. Therefore ye shall receive the greater damnation. They made long public prayers, but in in practice, they would even embezzle from the poorest of people. And I think that's what they were doing there when, when he talked about them uh, uh, devouring widows' houses. All right. Um, and uh, Chris in the U.K. says uh, Luke 9, verse 46 is a passage where Jesus uh, condemns that. Luke 9, uh, 46, Jesus says, uh, oh, they're reasoning who would be the greatest. He says, but life is still built on uh, the shifting sand of my values and priorities. Oh, that uh, storm I he- oh, is that a storm I hear? So Jesus says, or uh, Chris says there, if you're just doing what you want to do, building on your uh, values, not on Christ, then you certainly would be fearful uh, when the storms of life come. He goes on to mention 2 Timothy 3, 5. I go to church, take my Bible with me, stand up, sit down when I'm meant to, put my fiver a fiver if it's a spare on the plate as it goes round then go to work and spend the rest of the week just like everybody else reminds me of a quote by Brennan Manning quote the single greatest cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips then walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle that is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable man you had some quotes recently i think that you referenced on this program about the, that being the, the the form of uh Showing others that we don't truly believe what we practice, yeah. uh, or, or practice what we believe. Uh, Anthony says uh, this is such a terribly common form of hypocrisy. So many in the denominational world talk the talk, but don't even take the first step and walk in the walk. They wear Christian T-shirts and listen to Christian pop music, but that's as far as it goes. This gets to the root of pre- uh, presenting a false facade, which Jesus clearly condemns. Thank you, Anthony. And Patrick says. 
Quite frankly, I direct you to the entire book of James. In a nutshell, James 2.17 says, Even so, faith that has no works is dead, yeah. being by itself. That's a good one. Right. All right, thank you. All right, we, we're moving quickly because we've got to. Wow. Beginning to see what we were saying, Jacob, there's a lot of different yeah. uh, sort of separate avenues that yeah. all lead to the same yeah. result of being a hypocrite. Yeah, it's a different manifestation of the problem, a different Here, presentation, perhaps. Here's another one. Uh Jesus said it was hypocritical to selectively obey uh, God's laws. Matthew 23, 23. This, the, Patrick mentioned this earlier, and I said we'd come back to it. Matthew 23, 23. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought you to have done and not to leave the other undone. And so uh, the Pharisees... Uh, and scribes had had were oh they were very careful about tithing even to the point that they would tithe their garden herbs, uh, which I think Jesus you know another one of Jesus masterful ways of drawing a picture that that's just very ridiculously extreme to make his point. It, how many how what would be your annual harvest of a garden herb? Uh, well, in my garden, not a whole lot. Well, I mean, even in a good garden, in a good garden, okay. you would have just a handful of mint yeah. or anise and cumin. Yeah, you don't need I mean, much. Just, just a handful would represent a whole year's it harvest. Goes a long way. But the, the 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 scribes and Pharisees were so meticulous about their tithing that they would carefully measure that out, and they'd take a tenth of that and make it an offering. Well, Jesus didn't say, "Oh, come on." Oh, you're being too picky. You're too, he didn't say come you're too picky. He, he said you're you ought to do that, but you shouldn't leave undone. The tougher things, the harder aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. Uh, so what he said about them is they were hypocrites because they were choosing what parts they wanted to obey and what parts they didn't. And that was a hypocritical thing, he said. Okay. So selectively obeying God's law is hypocrisy. And that's what Chris at Atlanta referenced. He referenced Matthew 23, 23 as well. And then Chris in the U.K. referenced one you used in a different uh, uh, presentation here. Matthew 15, beginning of verse 3 verse through verse 5, the money which I could use to help my parents out with is God, so I can't. Or, uh, oh, when I die, until then, I can do what I like with it, but it gets me out of giving it away. All right. All right. Uh, Anthony this. says, this is a terribly common form of hypocrisy. So many in the denominational world talk the talk, but don't even take nope, the first. Nope, next one. Oh, did I miss that one? Yeah, oh, you, oh, you that did one. that one already. Yeah, it was a good one, though. You could yeah. repeat it. Okay. He says, uh, another very common occurrence in the denominational world, Jesus flatly condemned the Pharisees for leaving undone the weightier matters of the law. Exactly right. And Patrick in uh, Alabama references Matthew 23, 23 as well. Same one. Uh-huh. And, uh, he says it's relevant here. Also, James 2, 8 through 11, which says, if, uh, however, you are fulfilling the royal law according to the Scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convinced... By the law as transgressors, for whoever does uh, keeps the whole law and yet stumbles in one point has become guilty of all. For he who said do not commit adultery also said do not commit a murder. A murder. Do, now if you uh, do not commit adultery, but you do commit murder, you've become a tra- transgressor of the law. In other words, as Patrick is saying here, you got to do it all. Just being selective makes you a hypocrite. Thank you. All right. Uh, quickly, let's see if we can get these last two in real quick. Being careful about outward form, but being rotten within. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew uh, 23, beginning verse 25, Woe to you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, for you make clean the outside of the cup and platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. Woe unto you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like unto whited sepulchers, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Some really graphic pictures there. You can imagine a bowl looks nice on the outside. Inside, they haven't cleaned it out at mm-hmm. all. The whited sepulchers, the Jews, because they was made them ceremonially unclean, they didn't want to accidentally come into contact with a dead body. So when they when they made a sepulcher, maybe in a cave or even in a hand-dug sepulcher, they would whitewash the outside of it as a warning. Don't go in here unless you really mean to, unless you have a reason to. Because there are dead men bones inside. So the outside looked nice, all whitewashed, marked. Inside it was full of rotting corpses. And he says that's what these scribes and Pharisees were like. They they looked nice outwardly, but they hadn't changed their inward man. Their hearts were corrupt and wicked. All right, we've got a unanimous, unanimous consent on that uh, from our listeners. They all responded with Matthew 23, verses 25 through 26. With the exception of Anthony, he says this is sort of taking uh, the, your question in E about uh, not living what you preach. 
He says, that's taken it to a higher level, such as one who would pretend to do the Lord's work for filthy lucre, making no attempt to allow Christ and his word to dwell in you, but instead perhaps using an outward image uh, for personal gain. So thank you, Anthony, for that. Thank you for all our listeners. All right. And finally, the last one we had was criticizing others for doing the same thing that you're doing. I had Matthew 23, beginning verse 29. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you build the tombs of the prophets and garnish the sepulchres of the righteous and say... If we had been in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. Oh, no, never. Wherefore, ye be witnesses unto yourselves that ye are the children of them which killed the prophets. In other words, they're saying we would never have done what our fathers did in persecuting the prophets. But they were right in the process of doing that when Jesus spoke the words. And, and so they criticized even their own ancestors, claiming that they were better than them when, in fact, they were doing the same things. All right. All uh, right. Chris in Atlanta references Matthew 7, 3 through 5. That's the, the one we talked about earlier, the, bone, the, the moat and the uh, beam. And Chris in the U.K. says, um, Luke 13, 14 through 16, you can't possibly work on the Sabbath, but I, you can't work on the Sabbath, but I can release my animals to feed and pull one uh, out who's trapped in the ditch. Uh, he says he doesn't know if this counts or not, but in John 8, verse 7, uh, it says, cast your judgment, or, you know, he without sin, let him cast the first stone. Uh, so that would sort of be hypocritical where you, you say, I, I don't have any sin in my life, but you do. Okay. Right. Anthony says, uh, textbook hypocrisy and the root of Jesus' teaching in Matthew chapter 7. Okay. And and Patrick says, uh, Romans 2, 1 through 3. We read that one already. The guy who said, uh, you know, don't you don't do this, but he does the same thing. And uh, we've referenced that as well. That is the same, I think, definition of hypocrisy. There. All right. We're up to the final break, and we got to go fast because we're going to talk about when we come back, we're going to talk about some things that are not hypocrisy. We've talked about lots of different ways. Let, let me give you that give me a, give rundown me a rundown again. That yeah. rundown again that Jesus had of how you can be a hypocrite, different ways to be a hypocrite. And we're not doing this because uh, it's not, this is not like tips. or you know. No, you don't. These are things to avoid. Okay. Doing one's religious deeds to be seen of men. Applying God's laws to others but not to yourself. Elevating your own rules over God's law. Saying one thing but meaning something else or false flattery. Failing to show or failing to allow your religion to affect your daily life, selectively obeying God's laws, in other words, picking the ones I like and leaving off the ones I don't, being careful about outward form but being rotten within, and finally criticizing others for doing the very same thing that you're doing. Okay. All right, when we get back, real quickly, we're going to talk about some things that hypocrisy is not. And it is going to be quick, so we hope you'll stay tuned for that. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study will continue right after this. After these important messages, we'll be back to take your comments. Email them during this break. Do you remember when churches insisted on Bible authority for everything they did? Can you recall when church members always expected a thus saith the Lord? Remember when the church was well known for its book, chapter, and verse style of teaching and preaching? Are you upset because the church you're attending doesn't approach things this way anymore? Does it concern you that elders and preachers don't seem to care about Bible authority at all? The College View Church is still striving to do everything according to the New Testament pattern. If you're looking for a church like the one you remember from the past, please visit the College View Church of Christ. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. A new survey by the American Bible Society found that 82% of Americans revere the Bible as sacred literature and that 69% agree that the Bible contains, quote, everything a person needs to know to live a meaningful life. However, the survey found that when asked about certain spiritual truths, nearly half, that is 46% of Americans, couldn't differentiate between the teachings of the Bible, the Koran, or the Book of Mormon. That information is via foxnews.com. In 2 Timothy 2, verse 15, the Word of God says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. The virtual Bible study continues. And we're back on the program tonight, and we've been missing the comments in the chat room. Quickly, we'll summarize them. Patrick says that they uh, you could refer to this at... I've heard it referred to as cafeteria religion, uh, the idea of going to a cafeteria with a large selection. You just pick what you want and take what you like uh, and uh, leave what you don't want there. You know, maybe leave the Brussels sprouts and, uh, and the asparagus, and you pick up the nice, uh, the nice steak at the cafeteria. He says it's fine at a cafeteria, but when it comes to the Word of God, it does not work. And then I gained a little new respect for Patrick. He says he used to work for a moving company. 
Oh, oh boy. what work. a man. Rough and uh, I, he said, I moved someone to Birmingham. A couple moved into uh, uh, an apartment building, which looked brand new and well-kept outside. But when we went inside, the building was run down, old, unkempt, with broken windows in the apartments and so on. It was a real dump. And that would be like the picture Jesus drew of a hypocrite. That's right. And then guest 357 says, uh, not all your Thursday night lessons would be great sermons, but tonight's would make for a very good sermon. I didn't realize there were so many different sides to hypocrisy. Can I plagiarize this sermon, this uh, this program for a sermon someday? Yeah. He wants your permission. Yeah, you have it. You have his permission. You can take it, 357, and uh, go for it. And John says it's okay because they pulled it directly yeah, from the Yeah, we're just Bible. looking at Bible verses. Ah, That's so you, all you we're don't doing. have any copyright on <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, it's not, it's, not, it's, it's, it's not original. Those are all quotes from Jesus. <laughs> all right. Uh, and uh, okay, and uh, no need to mention uh, your name there, no, right? Uh, no, 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 no. So just, 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 just use it and, and spread it around. There we go. All right, real quickly, we've got to deal with some things that are not hypocrisy. Doesn't mean they're right, but they don't fit the the, the category of hypocrisy. Uh, for I said, is it or is it not hypocrisy when a Christian sins, is weak, changes his view on a subject, holds or teaches error on a specific topic? falls completely away number one is it hypocrisy if a christian sins well, well go ahead go ahead go ahead and read it. chris says i guess technically it is hypocrisy when we sin we teach certain things are sin and if we do those things then it is technically hypocrisy but practically speaking i would say that not all that all sin is not hypocrisy hypocrisy is more of an attitude of do as i say not as i do we all sin and many times we do not have the attitude that uh, of it is okay for me but not others we simply blow it from time to time you know john said first john 1 beginning verse 8 if we say that we have no sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us if we confess our sins he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness if we say that we have not sinned we make him a liar and his word is not in us. it's not hypocrisy if i sin it's, it doesn't excuse it but it, it would be hip, hypocritical if i said i'd never sin i'm not a sinner i don't have the problem of sin in my life then I'd be a hypocrite. Yes. But if I if I when I sin I acknowledge my sin and seek God's forgiveness. That's not hypocrisy. Okay. Uh, Chris in the UK says not a no in the sense that like Paul we all do what we do not want to do. But yes, if we consciously sin and seek out to do so and then turn around and say to people you shouldn't be doing this. So right. again, it just depends on how you look at it. Uh, uh, Anthony says maybe I'm off base here, but I don't think any of these is hypocrisy. I don't either. By the way, oh, you gave it away. Uh, sin happens because we are human. If we are living in sin and making no attempt to correct it, that could be hypocritical. But just because we fail and break the rules we profess to believe in and teach to others doesn't mean just because we fail and break the rules that we profess to believe in and teach to others doesn't mean that we're hypocritical. It just means we've stumbled. As long as we pick ourselves up and make correction, we are not being hypocritical. I agree, Anthony. And Patrick says, I'm pretty much going to deal with all these different things together. Hypocrisy is essentially when the person you really are, typically the one you are in private. And the person you portrayed yourself to be, typically the one in public, are different. When who you are and who you portray yourself to be, or rather who you are in public and who you are in private are the same, then you're probably not a hypocrite. Thus, when someone sins through weakness or ignorance, this is not hypocrisy, particularly since we all sin through weakness and ignorance to some degree. However, when we sin deliberately or when we sin and attempt to justify our actions as good or when we sin and attempt to make others believe that we are without sin, that is to act hypocritically. I think you're exactly right. Uh, the second way, for sake of time, Jacob, I'm going to lump in with that sin and weakness together. Mm-hmm. I, I, another part of the question I ask, is it, is it a hypocritical thing when you change your view on something? You know, Jacob, you told me, I remember mm-hmm. five years ago when we were talking about this particular religious subject, you told me that you believed something and then just this week I found out that you have changed your mind about that. And I think you're a hypocrite because five years ago you told me one thing. Now you're telling me something different. You're a hypocrite. Oh, I hate it when that happens. <laughs> that, but, well, we, but, how, but we do that, don't I mean, all of us yeah, have done that. We, all, we, we should if we're if, growing. If we're growing and we find out something that we were in error about, then we should change our mind. All hand. right. Uh, Chris in Atlanta says it is not necessarily hypocrisy. I know many people who have changed their views After more careful study, me being one of them, Chris says, it can be a part of the growth process. Agree 100%, Chris. All right. Chris in UK says, uh, what is repentance without a change of mind? How can we learn without a change of mind? It's no. We're not. uh, If we're letting God transform our minds so we don't conform to the pattern of this world, it's not hypocrisy to change your mind. I agree. All right. The number one, uh, according to Anthony, solution. No, no. no, That's the last question. Oh, that's number one. I'm sorry. Anthony lumped his all together. Okay. Okay. 
And then uh, we have Patrick. To change one's view on something isn't necessarily hypocritical. In fact, if we if someone changes their view because they were ignorant and were enlightened with the truth, it is expected that they should change their view and their actions in conformity with the truth. It is an act of humility to admit that you were wrong and to accept correction. In the events that someone changes their view from right, a right one to a wrong one, if they change their view in favor of something evil, it is very likely that they have done so to justify evil that they have done or are doing, and that it, that is hypocritical. Part of what makes hypocrisy what it is is that it is a lie. Now, that is interesting because your, 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 your question didn't say that you're changing it to the right position. Right. Uh, so Patrick says if you're doing Good. it for the... Good point. Uh, and Patrick that's a, that's found a the little angle. qualifier there yeah. that we didn't throw in. Yeah. Good point, Patrick. Okay. okay. Uh, and, and the one more part of this question I want to deal with real quickly. We're just running out of time so fast. Is it hypocrisy if you hold to and or teach error on a specific topic? Uh, Chris in Atlanta says it may or may not be. I would not consider it hypocrisy. If someone is teaching error out of ignorance, it's still wrong. It's inexcusable, but it's not hip- hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. In other words, if I really believed it was so and I was sincerely teaching it, I w- I'd be wrong, yeah. and I need to stop doing that. I've got to correct that. But it's not hypocrisy because yeah. I mean, there's nothing there's nothing pretentious about what I'm doing. All right. Uh, Chris in the U.K. says, and uh, will flagrantly not yield when error is presented to him, then yes. But I would say that heresy, not hypocrisy, is what he's acting is, is how he is acting on uh, what he believes. All right, and then finally, Patrick in, the, in uh, Birmingham says, it's a tough call. If someone genuinely believes the error they're teaching, then that would be hard to, then it would be hard to change them, at least with intention, uh, it would be hard to charge them with intentional hypocrisy, but they're still in error. Perhaps they're only ignorant, but they are deluded. Uh, to the extent that they are deluded, they believe a lie. The ha- hypocrisy then would be in proclaiming to know the truth when in fact they do not. And he quotes John 9, beginning verse 40 and following. All right, I think we got that. All right, John has an interesting uh, example. He says, think of Peter who changed his view regarding the Gentiles. Now, I think he'd be talking about the, at the beginning, uh, yeah. maybe in Acts chapter 10, where he changed his view on the Gentiles, not hypocrisy. Yeah. But he says he still played favorites toward the Jews to the point of being caught up in his hypocrisy in Galatians chapter 2. Yeah, so, so he was the hypocrite because yeah. he knew better. And he had even taught better, but he didn't. Do but it. he didn't live it. Okay, good, good, John. Thank you. All right, real quickly, and this is an important part of the discussion that we're not going to have, but just a minute or two to discuss. The fourth question we asked: What can we? What do? about falls away completely? You said well, we're just out. Yeah, of time. Okay, we'll skip. Uh, what can we do to guard against hypocrisy? Let's read what our emailer said, Jacob. All right, uh, Chris says we need to examine ourselves frequently to ensure our actions, thoughts, attitudes, and beliefs are in line with God's word. I get annual reviews at work to ensure my job performance is on track. How much more important is it to perform frequent, honest spiritual exams on ourselves? Even though commercial airliners have autopilot, there are many course corrections during a flight because of the multiple variables affecting the direction of the plane. In our day-to-day life, we have so many things that hit us in all directions. If we do not pay close attention, we will drift off Thank you, Chris. Uh, Chris in UK has got a long answer. I wish we had more time to deal with it all, but I, let me just touch the highlights here. He says, the only anecdote I know for hypocrisy is the willingness to contritely confess our sins quickly and openly to those before whom we have sinned. Uh, he says, another antidote to hypocrisy is transparency, integrity between our beliefs and our actions with confession and apology when we are inconsistent. Uh, I think he's right on that. Very good. Okay. Anthony says the number one solution to hypocrisy is constant self-evaluation and reflection. A Christian absolutely must spend ample uh, amount of time in self-examination. If we do this, we will see our own faults and put an end to any hypocrisy we may have in our life. Secondly, we must be willing to accept rebuke from others. It is much easier for other people to see our errors than it is for us to see them. Therefore, we should absolutely welcome fair and just criticism, realizing that it may save our soul. The ability to gracefully accept rebuke is something the vast majority of us need to work on. Uh, Amen to that. And finally, uh, this is uh, Patrick. Patrick. Daily prayer, asking for forgiveness and an acknowledgement of sins committed in ignorance, quote Psalms 19.12, take care to practice humility. Perhaps most importantly is a frequent, if not daily, examination of the conscience. Daily examination of conscience, usually along with evening prayer, is simply a time when one can review their thoughts and actions for the day and ask, was this pleasing to God? So we've got to keep measuring ourselves constantly. Right. As we've seen Excellent in our study comments. tonight, as we've seen in our study tonight, there's lots of ways to fall into this trap of hypocrisy. 
something clearly to be on guard about. We've got to. And as we've shown, uh, it can creep into our lives in a number of different avenues. And we've got to be making sure, as uh, our listeners suggested at the end, that we're doing this self-evaluation to make sure that we're not playing hypocrite because Jesus has condemned him and we will be condemned on the day of judgment if we are found to be hypocrites. There is one thing we need to say about hypocrisy before we end, though. And that is that if other people are hypocrites, it does not justify me in any sin whatsoever. Good point. How often have we heard people say, I don't want anything to do with the church and Christians because they... I just see so much hypocrisy. There's hypocrites. I'm not going to become a Christian because I know some Christians who are hypocrites. That's the same problem that was in the first century. And Jesus didn't say, well, don't worry about trying to please God because the Pharisees are hypocrites. You know, I I, I heard a guy describe that one time, Jacob. If I let the hypocrite come between me and God, the hypocrite's closer to God than I am. Yeah. All right. What's the the use of that? All right. Good, Good comments tonight from our listeners and appreciate those. Dad, thank you for the good discussion. Thanks, Jacob. Larry's done a great job behind the controls. Thank you, Larry, for being here. We appreciate your time tonight, and we appreciate you for joining us on the Virtual Bible Study. We hope you'll make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And in the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word of the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.